Welcome to Beats Within. This is Kazelle Organism. I'm Nisa. I'm just going to ask some questions. It's going to be fine. This lovely creature. You're going to you're going to be so into him and what he does and he's an entity. Kazelle Organism. Say hello. Peace out. I'm having a blast here in Texas meeting great people. And uh, it's been awesome so far. I thank you for letting me, you know, Absolutely. come up with you and talk about some, some, you know, topics that we just, the, the life we chose, you know. It's a life we lead. Yeah. <laughs> it's a callback to a friend inside joke. All right, get ready, get comfy, get some snacks. Yeah. We'll see you in a minute. Does that, do people call you Kaz ever? Is that uh, yeah. Is, I would think Commonly, so. Yeah, but sometimes people don't want to be like shortened. Like I know somebody who, uh, she, she go, let's say she goes by Lindsay and she'd like never call me Linz. I know a person also that wants to go by first and middle name. Do you know anybody like that? Nah. <laughs> it's a southern a, thing. Yeah. yeah. I can yeah. imagine. <laughs> <laughs> made it to the west, yeah. Kaz. Kazelle. Peace. Right. Yeah. Organism. Yeah. Today. <laughs> yeah. Kazelle Organism. From California. From California. Which part? Los Angeles. That's right. Do the thing. No, don't do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's only what I'm playing out there. Um, <laughs> I want to know about growing up, Sunday house cleaning. I feel like that's, we all do a thing on the side. We do a Sunday house cleaning, right? That's, I'm not too far off. Yes. What music was playing in the house? Dude, okay. Jamiroquai. Uh, Gangstar. Mm. Mm. About the cops. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, I mean, some West Coast stuff too, like, uh, Daz and Karev. Uh, yeah, We Can Freak It, like, just all kind of stuff. My mom, she, my mom and my, my dad, they, they both had common themes with the music they enjoyed, but, like, they were always checking new stuff out. Like, my aunts especially would bring weird alternative stuff just alternative to what we were used to yeah, yeah, my father he's fairly like you know hip-hop funk records a lot right. of cameo person in fire and stuff mm. like that my mother she was r&b hip-hop and stuff but my aunties though they kind of like started switching our whole family on to like you know jamiroquai herbie mm. and just kind of hitting us with like Getting some deep cuts, just kind Deeper, of. Yeah. yeah, and so as you know, they bring in new stuff to the house, and then that just kind of goes into the gumbo, like what we were just playing around the house. So that's kind of yeah. Yeah. That's crazy Sunday cleaning because I was cleaning it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kind of R and B was your mom really listening to? She was on like John B. Hell yeah, so John like that, B. Like, oh my god. Music so child when he first came out and. Her and my dad kind of both really enjoyed like Dwelle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which was cool because my father, you know, talk about Dwelle. Like my dad, he played a lot of Slum Village, and uh, you know those cats kind of came up together. So yeah, like a lot of Detroit sound, East Coast. Sound. Tell me some more. Cause, okay, love Slum Village. Just want to say love yeah. love these right now. And I realized last night you played a, a like it was a sample from fantastic i believe yeah, yeah and i was i took some cbd gummies legal 
um, <laughs> got a little high, a little bit, and I was late to yell out fantastic, and I think I was going to be the only one in the club who did it. I was just like, huh. <laughs> was like a second, I was like, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I noticed, now tell me about Detroit. I love Detroit. Tell me about Detroit. Oh, man, it means a lot to me. Like, I think my first memories with music as a child is, a few years old was like my dad would have me in the back seat with him downtown. I think he was going to buy jewelry or something. And uh, I just remember once upon a time off that fantastic volume two was playing mm -hmm. and I was like, damn, like I really like sound. <laughs> you know, like yeah. as a toddler, yeah, like, I'm yeah. hearing this song, I'm like, yeah, I really like sound. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. my first moment, like realizing that about myself was to some village. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously my, my father, he played me a lot of East Coast stuff, but like, I think that medium that Slum and those cats were like cultivating between like the gritty hardcoreness of the East Coast stuff mm -hmm. with like the funk elements of West Coast rap mm. and just kind of right presenting right it with this yeah. new flavor. Like it was just huge. And as I got older as a kid, like, what they were doing kind of started trickling over to the East Coast guys. I remember G Unit started kind of going that route of like unquantized snares and stuff like that. And then West Coast, um, the funk just kept getting more and more exaggerated mm. as I was like when I was a kid. So I feel like, like definitely like Battle Cat and guys like that on the West were checked in with like the whole, you know, SB. Dilla Camp, and then once he kind of left and did his production work with all, you know, everybody on his catalog of stuff, like that sound just started reaching out mm. to other cities, other countries, and it, that was just like one of my favorite things to, you know, we didn't have social media back then, like we just saw it happen, like, oh, there's this new song from some artists mm. in Europe, and it kind of like, it swung the hell out. And you're like, okay, like that's JD's influence. And we're seeing it that way. We're not like seeing it as like retweets. And I feel like that was just kind of cool to yeah. notice. Yeah. And how sound can just kind of spread geographically. Yeah. And I want to talk to you about that because I, this, I, this, you're coming full circle with something that I had heard a while. But first, I want to talk about, um, you know, you mentioned no social media. I was listening to a true crime podcast. What are you going to do? Okay. And sometimes yeah, I enjoy a, a nice true. Yeah, yeah. You're a murderino. I'm sure she is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they were trying to, they were discussing a murder of some, a kid in Atlanta who was like, you know, clearly had been murdered out. Like in, they, were, they found his body in the woods, an awful situation. They're trying to piece together what happened that night. He has a backpack and they're like, he's got a lot of tapes in his backpack. I guess who's going to a party. And I was like, actually, no, that's just what we did. We carried our fucking tapes everywhere. And I'm sure maybe for your generation, it was like yeah. CDs, but it's like, you're kind of like, you know, there was, that's what you did. You weren't just going to a party. It was everywhere you go. You yeah. Know? My parents had a gang of tapes. Like we had those tape Bibles. And I remember one time, like my first, like hard discipline was cause I was like a kid and I was trying to flip 36 chambers. Mm -hmm off the tape and I, I kept fucking my dad's tape up. And he had to keep getting 36 chambers over and over again. Cause I was just a kid trying to like fuck yeah, with it yeah. in the tape machine. And, and like, he's not gonna stop that. He's and like, I was yes. like, yo, you gotta stop fucking with my whoosh. <laughs> 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 like, so he's encouraging, he's like, I love, I see. And I love, yeah, I love this, like, I see it. Yeah, like he knew I was doing it. So it wasn't like he 
couldn't have just stopped me in real time. Like, it was yeah. after the tape was already fucked. Then he'd be pissed, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, He's like, I gotta know about 20 times is when I should start to plan to get a new one. He should have bought him in bulk, actually. That's his bad. He should have bought him in bulk. Good. Now, the thing with the Detroit, you were mentioning about um, sound spreading and going across the country. Uh, I remember looking into, you know, like how Dylan and Matt lived got together and being in Detroit and California. Absolutely. The story that you're talking about, like, you know, it starts to spread. People are like, hey, I think that you really like each other. It's what they kept hearing. And they're like, oh, just right. come down and hang out. And they're like, besties. And so, yeah, yeah. you know, just loving to hear that there's um, that, I mean, the theory of, right, like how the music spreads, even like without the internet, you're still got to like go, cousins got to show somebody something. Yeah. Another cousins got to show somebody else something else. You know what I mean? They just got to travel that way. Yeah. 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 I mean, that thing was huge just growing up. Like, I remember I had a babysitter would watch this because my father he would be out performing and stuff my, my mom she'd be out doing stuff working and we had a babysitter my sister and i that she on you know thir- through the week she would go to like i didn't know what it was at at this point in my life but like low-end theory mm. sketchbook and she was bringing back like code nine shit from europe and like war releases i'm just like yo this shit is fucking hard <laughs> you know what I mean? like, you know, this central like to like just the influences I was observe, mm-hmm. observing at that time after like uh, becoming a teenager I was like okay I want to do music and I don't want to rap necessarily like I want to be the dude that like, makes the sounds and shit like mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to bleep bleep bloop yeah and I want to like put the snares in these weird places and shit like I, I was really fascinated with that and like when she was bringing those those sounds to our attention as kids, like, I was like, whoa, this is, like, kind of feels like, you know, rest in peace. Like, this, I feel like Jay would have been messing with those kinds of ideas and incorporating mm. it. Yeah, because, you know, he comes from Detroit, and mm-hmm. in Detroit, there's a legacy of techno music. Yes. And that's huge, you it know, is. you talk to, like, I'm good friends with a lot of those guys now. Uh, hip-hop cats, house cats from Detroit, mm. like, uh, Dez and Moody and them. But, uh, yeah, I'll tell you, like, techno is, techno, Detroit is techno. Yes. It's a very technological city, and you have the metal sounds the industry, coming right. yeah, all Absolutely. these industries, hard physical labor, and working mm-hmm. with machines, and I feel like that would have been natural for him, particularly, to kind of get into those at some point, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, So Absolutely. I feel like, yeah, low end and all that stuff, as I got to becoming a teenager, I'm like watching this shit on YouTube every week like it's yo Devin who I need to see a set you know like because I'm a kid I can't just go up in there you know right, I mean? like, right. I'm watching this shit on YouTube on my mom's computer and she like oh my god like, yeah you know what I mean uh, and just yeah like okay so not only is it swing and these filters but now we're like talking about sound in the left ear versus the right ear and mm, yes. how to make shit float in yeah, the, in yeah. The 3d space yeah love this I didn't I haven't heard with headphones now that I'm hearing you talk about this like I'm on the, I'm waiting for some ear treats that are gonna happen little ear treats because that right there first was introduced to it in Mad Libs um, Blue Note shade uh, yeah, yeah yeah and he does um, track seven he takes the panning and he goes like when there's like a 
Yeah. And I was, I was on mushrooms on a train to Chicago. It should have been a 22-hour train ride. It ended up being like a 28-hour train ride. Yeah. Take up a whole seat, get a bunch of mushrooms, listen to that on repeat, and I was like, "This dude's fucking wild." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. One of my favorite favorite albums. Him too, like Madlib. I remember my dad; he had homies from like eight oh five, and they would give him CDs with like Madlib remixes before they were gonna come out ten years later. You know what I mean? Oh, we're playing this shit, and we're just like, oh. "God, like, yo, how is this shit so raw and so progressive at the same time? Like, how yeah. is it?" And so, like, as a kid, too, just watching those two unite from different cities, you know, mm-hmm. Madlib on the West Coast and Dilla from Detroit, it's like, you know, this yeah. shit. Like, oh, shit, like, it's a Avengers type shit, you know? Like, yeah. as a kid, I was tuned into that. Power thing. couple. So it's a yeah. team. That's a fucking, and, and, and yeah. very true. And it's, it is wild that even though, like, they're, you know, like, there's similarities that they have, and also such a, again, like, an advanced style of production. But there was definitely similarities in the production never of Madlib. People are like, you got it, y'all got it. And then they do. And yeah. then now we have, you know, the gift of what they've given us. Right. And Mad Libs will go into catalogs later. Yeah. Yeah, solid. Um, love Detroit. There's a few things I want, to, I want to talk about here that you brought up, but I mean, I just, I've been there a couple times. I, I wanted to live there, almost did at one point. Almost died there. I don't want to do any stereotypes, but I did not. I was, I was kind of scary. I was like, yeah. never been scared in my life. I still fucking love it. Anybody who's talked to me, they're like, no, at some point I... I'll find a segue to talk about Detroit mm-hmm. and I love techno, huge fan of techno. So like, it's just right. the whole thing. I was there, um, I house dance and I break dance. And so like, uh, but more so house dancing now. Love it. Not the, not the, what's that thing? The shuffle. Fuck that thing. Talking about good, house, yeah, yeah, like Detroit lifestyle. And so I was dancing there with this guy and he was Detroit native. He's driving me around. We went for some conies. Nice. Love <laughs> and uh, he was he was like he's like these were all like abandoned. He's like we would throw like there was raves that were here. There'd be three levels. He's like you know a techno room like a house room. He's like and then like the rappers like would be somewhere there too. And he's like I'm looking at Eminem in a circle and shit. And he's like yeah you're gonna see like T3 and stuff like out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah like and I was like that sounds amazing because I still go to raves. I love them. Not the not the yeah. terrible not the terrible ones. The well, good ones. That's, warehouse raves. A lot of people don't know, but like SV, all those dudes were like jail. Cats, you know what I mean? Like that's another thing. Like I did not know that, and yeah. I just got <laughs> yeah. into. I just, you know, I I texted one of my friends. His his name was his foot footmark, and like he became like a really well known uh, like J and Juke DJ and right. producer. And I never, I looked when I was downloading the techno from the band camps, as, I, as you do, and I was like, hold on, this is like over 140, but it's like techno and it's sick. And I was like, what is this? And I was like looking at. I watched a JIT competition fell in love. I was like, I had no idea this was going mm-hmm. on. And I am foolish for not looking at this sooner, but I am here now. And yeah. that dance, that culture, that production, that music, is it also just knowing that it's like kind of still underground, you know, like, and it's been going on for decades. Absolutely, yeah. Don't yeah. tell, it's a secret, don't tell. This is just for us. It's just <laughs> for us. <laughs> don't blow um, it up. Don't blow it up with like light up hula hoops like we all did fucking techno in house. The industry <laughs> with, with, with techno is like, and, and as it applies to like Detroit mm-hmm. and Howard is like, I've seen on YouTube, you gotta find it, it's like a video of the show, the TV show called Detroit's New Dance Show. And they played Kraftwerk for the first time in the US on national TV. And it's just a bunch of people like, it's on some Soul Train type shit, you know, you can tell they're doing the lines and all that type of shit. And they're listening to this and they're like, you see it for the first like minute and a half they don't know what the fuck to do you know what i mean and so to like 
when I saw that, I was like, okay, I see now how Detroit not only became so pivotal to techno music yeah. and house music, but like why the dance element came so strong out of there too. It's like so many styles started from Detroit and spread out mm-hmm. from there, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that parallel, not just the sound, but the movement to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like very ill to people. And the Northern Soul, like I didn't wasn't aware of Northern Soul, like and I was like I didn't until like ten years ago, and I was all like, hang on, because I just had always associated soul music with you know the South, and I was like, there's Northern Soul, I was like, oh, this not gonna oh, be good. No. Shit's so good. Ooh, I, I I felt like my shocks open, my chakras, they they. I'm sorry, I don't look appropriate, but you know what I'm saying. Like it was like the Amelie scene, where just like the light shoots out of her after she lets the blind man through the fucking crowd. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Love that, I love that movie. We're, we're fucking good soundtrack, also. You know, yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck, dude. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, spreading the techno. There was a thing in there that I wanted to talk about with you, but let me just here. I'll just go over here. So. I love that you, when we're doing the house cleaning, you went directly into your, you know, what your mother's music was also because I wanted to talk a little bit about her yeah. um, in that. So we, we covered that. I wanted to go back to the jazz part. Let's go back to the jazz part because I was okay. reading an interview and he said other placement jazz, right? As I think that was like a, a word that you had used, but you're, you're talking, I think, about abstract jazz with the different uh, drum measures and... Um, uh, yeah, like fusion stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because my aunties, they would go to like the dance clubs in mm-hmm. L.A., uh, Conga room, a uh, couple spots, and they would just cut up and dance. And uh, at a lot of these parties, you know, they'd be playing obviously like the Jameer Quasha that was coming at the time, brand new heavies and stuff like that. But then they're actually sneaking in like Tony Allen, and they're sneaking in like just all these different fusion and fusion era adjacent sounds that's like formative to, you know, that modern stuff that mm-hmm. they were doing. And, uh, Every time my aunt would watch my sister and I, like, she's just playing all this shit too. Um, which is like, yo, this shit is so fire. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> kids, me and my sister are like, yo, this shit is so fire. Like, there's eight sessions of completely different chord changes and the bass lines going all over the place. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that shit was formative too. And like, I remember, I think the first CD I ever bought with my own allowance money, chore money was a outcast, love below speaker box. Mm-hmm. And I bought it obviously because everybody had knew the hey ha shit. But I'm listening to the C D and I I'm getting through it on the first listen. And there's this one joint on that record and it's literally like no rhyming. It's just Andre three thousand with a drum machine and like some cat on piano playing like McCoy Tyner shit for like four and a half minutes. And it's a cover of my favorite things on some like fusion shit though with like drum and bass, jungle drums. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Like, how do you sneak this in on the same record as Hey Ya? Mm-hmm. And like, I know you like this. <laughs> you know, shit, like, yo. like, and I find this shit, I'm like, yo, like I'm making this shit every morning I get up and I play, mm-hmm. play uh, put it in a DVD player with headphones and shit. Six, seven in the morning. Just listening to this, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 180 BPM, my favorite things. I was like, like, what is this shit? You know what I mean? Like, like, I was just, like, strung out off that shit as a kid. Like, And so I'm trying to show my aunties this. I'm like, I know they know this type of shit. Like, 
Mm-hmm. I need more shit like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, like, go, go forth. I'm gonna go to school. My auntie's, go yeah, my auntie's were the algorithm. They were Shazam. You know what I mean? If I said I like this type of shit, they're like, here goes eight albums to go fuck me. Damn. And that was super sick as a kid because, like, you know, the internet wasn't there where, like, there wasn't suggestion tabs. Like, mm-hmm. you just had to fucking find shit. And then that kind of started growing online with like the torrents and shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was super easy. You look for one song and then find like 30 other songs that were equally inspired. And that was like, you know, getting into the digital stuff. Yeah. But my aunties, man, they really, they really kind of fostered that and just like finding shit that I probably wasn't going to find. Is it your dad's side uh, or your mom's side? Uh, my dad's side. Okay, so the your dad is so this is truly is the family music I've read. I've looked up. You guys can what? do your research. It's, yeah. So <laughs> but also, you know, like his sisters are, you know, as well. Uh, they're involved. They're they're in tune. That's a that's a that's a pun, right? I don't really make them, but uh, <laughs> they're in. They're into. Then they're yeah. still finding. Like, are they are they still? They're still in love. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, I hate asking personal questions. I don't no, know why I even do these interviews, but I'm always worried I'm gonna ask the thing. They're like. Whole family blew up, and I'm like, when I was four, I don't know, you know. So sorry. No, no, they're great. They're still great. My one, you know, my one auntie now, she can't go out dancing no more. She got a bum knee and shit. I get it. You know, my other auntie, you know, she. They're doing fine, but you know they can't be out in the club how they were. Definitely, but they're still. Are they looking, <laughs> do they have Spotify? Do you set them up yeah. on Spotify? There and the now it's like now it's like yeah, we're showing them shit like my sister and myself. Like, like yo, you gotta check out. We'll tell them some shit, and then two years later, like yo, have you heard of DJ Harrison? I'm like, yeah, I tried to tell you about my nigga like five years ago. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah, I don't know nothing. Yeah. Like my no. dad would try to roll like a joint for me the other day. I was like, fuck, I know how to do it. Like, <laughs> like yeah, not realizing that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you have thirty years on me, or whatever. I should let you roll me a joint. Yeah. I roll him better though. Uh, <laughs> I won't tell him that. I'll let him have his pride. He's not gonna watch this. <laughs> Cut that out. Uh, so, uh, yes, and you're and you're you're learning. I love jazz. I do. I love jazz. Now, um, here's something that I got into recently. Didn't know. A little bit of soft jazz. George Benson, the God. You oh, know? dude. Lonnie yeah. Liston Smith. Dude, yeah. I, you know, like I was like, hold on. I think I like a nice jazz guitar. Oh yeah, girl. Like our executive producers over here, like just like my bitch. <laughs> like they don't know that sound either. Christina wants it to be a one sixty BPM. She's like, it is it soft jazz at one sixty BPM then? <laughs> there is. There it is. It is. I love. There's everything for everything. everything Tell us, send it over. Yeah. I'm gonna send. Try it out. I'm gonna. <laughs> I mean, it's not nine oh nine drums, but it's it's one sixty. Yeah. I was like, I was in the forest with some friends on some MDMA. And I was playing a nice playlist for them. And it, it, my soft, Lonnie Nelson Smith, Jack Wilkins, um, Jack Wilson, Jack Wilkins, right? He did both, right play. Both, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. And, uh, and George Benson come on and like, we were all, we were fucked up on drugs. They're like, what is this? I'm like, I'm into soft jazz now. Yeah, I'm all like, but that's what it makes the most sense. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you'll hear it the first couple times and you're like, yeah, shit is flavor. But then like you're off some shrooms with the homies and you're like, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like yo, like, this shit is like, got it's my right. ears pollinated beat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how I feel. Like your ears just start secreting shit. You're like, yeah. that's how I feel. Alice yeah. Coltrane, Journey and <laughs> 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 You know what I'm talking about. 
Yeah. First time I heard that, I was like, who the fuck is this? And just like looking at it, I was like, oh shit. I was like, Alice Coulter. I wonder if she's related to John. <laughs> that's like, like, you, that's like, yeah, she's actually the homie Flying Lotus's auntie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So wow. We, show, we show Alice Coulter the most love. Yeah. I, she's life changing, life affirming. Yeah. Yeah. Like the queen of that. That record with Carlos Santana as well. Yeah. I don't think I've gotten to that yet. Illuminations. Okay. But, yeah, I will. Out. Can't deny Carlos Santana. My dad did once. He didn't take my mom to a Santana concert. She held it. She held it against him for fucking ever. And he's like, "You are a black magic woman." I think she. I agree. <laughs> Respectfully. I <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about frequencies. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, sounds like I think that we're getting on the same page here. But I, you know, you talk a lot about frequencies in your production, and you're you're really in tune with this. You're you're there. You're feeling it. I think that frequencies adjust, control, tap into the human experience. Yeah. I think that frequencies are very important to the mind, and the spirit, yeah. to the mood. Tell me about putting these and how your intentions of putting the frequencies um, into the production. Yeah, that kind of just started like when all the new age spiritual shit was like on YouTube real tough. Cause like, I, I don't know, as a kid I saw like Da Vinci Code and shit and like movies like that. I was like, oh shit, I love esoteric shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I'm shit. not, like, but this shit. is my shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, shit. Like, it got me into also too, like as an Afro-Latin to like, really dive into like African spirituality and history on an archaeological, anthropologic level as well. Like, um, but with the frequencies, it kind of came about that same effort for me to just like kind of do as they call it, knowledge of self and kind of understand my people's role in history and how I, as, as an Afro-Cuban today mixed with like Eastern European from my mother, like how does this world work in a sense like you know lineages and all that mm-hmm. making their way geographically through all kind of different you know forms and mediums but mm-hmm. in learning all that stuff you know i kind of learned about like uh frequency and tuning of music as it applied to like egyptian ancient egyptian culture and like how the pyramids and certain you know historical sites not just in Egypt, but in many places throughout the world, you know, a lot of uh, the indigenous temples, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of these places Mm -hmm. held ceremonies that were like driven Mm -hmm. by frequency, Mm. you know, and that was like the the medium to channel whatever, uh, you know, lessons or like alchemic kind of conduction and, and reception to these lessons. I was like, that's really crazy because, like, I, as a kid, when you're learning, like, history and, like, just how we've been, like, fucked, historically, you get so pissed. Totally. <laughs> you get yeah. so pissed. It's yeah. a natural, it's a natural response. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's behind a lot of great music through history as well. It's just young people finding out how hard history has done their people. Yeah. And just responding to that. But I found... What kind of helped me deal with the anger was just messing around with the frequency stuff too. Just like, okay, I have this sample, and sure I'm gonna play a bass line and maybe throw some extra chords on it. But just like you know, what if I take everything and tune it to five twenty? What does that do? 
and how does that make me feel? And you know what I mean? And that's kind of how in high school my first record, like I wanted to just do an entire thing at four thirty two, so I would tune everything. Even uh since then, like all my work, I'm never really concerned about like is my shit four forty, is it four thirty two, is it five twenty eight? Cause like I I work with a lot of analog synthesizers and hardware, so I'm just like Okay, this sample is warped the fuck out. I'm not even going to try to find the tune. I'm going to just turn all my sense to be on key with this shit and just get it in. Like, I'm not even checking, really. So, like, it's gotten to that point now. It's like, I'm not even trying to do it. It's just how I work. Like, just... You're tapped in. You're in the flow. You're, yeah. You're, you've absorbed. And that's what's cool, too. Conducting. Yeah, that's what's cool, too, about working with, like, source material, the samples. As much as I play keys and there's a lot of synthesis, mm -hmm. All my music, like, part of what's cool about it to me is, like, if you find a record, a, a particular record on eight different mediums, they're all going to sound different. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you find one, and that one might be, like, a tone and a half out of key from the actual pressing. But it's like, damn, that shit hits. <laughs> like, shit is kind of warping, and, like, these, these frequencies are expanding literally on a three-dimensional level. And that's a, yeah, I think over the years, just kind of, that's become like a normalized part of my shit. Like, I don't ever, I don't even bring up to it. I'm just like, okay, mm, sounds right, cool, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And that's good, right? Because there is the, you know, and I've talked about this in a previous interview, you'll know, um, watchers of this fan piece. I'm like, Watchers of this. Subscribers. change and bloom before your eyes and with these lovely people who create. Okay, I gotta stop. Cut that out. Frequencies? CBD gummies just kind of Toxic perfectionism. I was going to talk about that. You know, because sometimes people are like, it's not perfect yet. I can't release it. And I've seen bodies of work never make the day, like the light of day. Nah, I mean, that's something I've tried to really work on because, yeah, I've been at that point too. Where, like, I'll make bodies of shit and just end up, man, I never really got it right. Fuck it, on to the next thing. You know, it's, I feel like everybody kind of goes Definitely. through that. And especially people that really love their craft. Mm -hmm. You know, not every artist functions in the old-fashioned way of, okay, this month I'm going to go to the studio and I'm going to leave with a record. Like, I make shit every day, all day, and there's no intent necessarily as I'm making shit. That just kind of comes to me with time. But then there comes a time, too, it's like, okay, I have a solid track list here. Mm -hmm. And now i got to just shine it up and put the finishing touches on it. Like, that's one thing I feel like. In this modern era, we all have laptops, we all have these softwares and shit. It's like easy to just make a gang of shit and not finish none of it. So like that's one thing I've been very mindful of. It's like I have songs that are like six years old and they've morphed several times. Mm. And then it's like there's also that factor too of like, okay, I know I'll know when this is ready. Yes, yes, yes. And like, you yes. know, then it's like, okay, let's do this. Let me sneak this onto this track list. Okay. Let me, like, that's one thing I've, I don't know. I, I, I feel like that's not advice. Well, you just, well, actually, you just illuminated something for me, right? Because I get like a, 
anxiety. Like there's two things you said that like I, I, I stick with this kind of anxiety about it. Um, this one more, let's do the latter. Uh, the, uh, when is it, you know, like you, you said, who you'll release something, but maybe you'll just know when it's right. Like who's to say you need to rush and be so hasty? I usually am. Very. I'm an Aries rising sign. Very. <laughs> yeah. My father is Aries. Rising or is, is, is it? No, he's Aries. Okay. Aries. I'm a Cancer sun. I'm a Libra moon, and I'm an Aries rising. Okay. So your sun is like how you think you are, but your right. moon's like how you fucking really are, and right. then like your rising is how people see me. So everyone's right. like, oh, she's so fiery. I cry a lot. Cancer. Yeah, I'm very. And Aries. Aries Cancer be. I'm Pisces and my father Aries, so I see that shit. Sympatico. Yeah. My mother's Taurus. Okay. Okay, so the the Aries and Taurus, all right, they still, there's the fire on earth there, they're kind of butting the heads, I get it. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, their their split was like huge for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How so? Well, when they split, I was like, I'm dealing with so much shit that just is different from what me and my sister know as daily life. And I'm like, well, none of this shit makes sense. How can I make sense of it for myself? And that's when I'm like, okay, this is what I do with this music shit. You know, it's like 12, I think 11, I had an iPod touch with like a little softener on it. At 11, uh, it was super minimal, just enough to put drum beats together and fuck with sounds. But I was like, yeah, I just need to find a healthy way to deal with this or this shit is going to like probably. Yeah, it's a lot for an 11 year old. You know, the, uh, when you're 11 to 12, that's when um, men, uh, they imprint in their DNA, the emotional, the, the, what they were going through in that moment. They say that um, the people who experienced the Irish famine, I think like a, like a generation later or something like that, they um, like had famine-like bodies. It's a radio lab, I can't remember what it was, but they're basically talking about genetical and emotional imprinting at a certain age and when it's like, you know, when it happens for men, it was 11 to 12, a lot's happening, but you're also yeah. digging into music. Yeah, yeah. and I feel, I feel like this should save my life, Yeah. honestly. Cause it's not like I was, like I was acting out or nothing at all, but I feel like if I didn't, You'd be vulnerable to. I would have been vulnerable to get into trouble with mm-hmm. her, like, mm-hmm. and I think it was just. Oh, getting in trouble at eleven's great. You just think you fucking know everything. It was out there, like fucking Kate Winslet and Titanic every day. I didn't feel that way. I'm like, of bro, food I don't cigarettes. know shit. I don't know shit. That's how I felt. Yeah. I don't know shit. I'm, you know. I'm an Aries rising. I'm stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I don't know shit, and I need to learn shit, and I feel like music just helped kind of put me in that position mm-hmm. to just learn shit. Not just music, but life stuff. Put more focus on music, things, right? You've got to start yeah. looking and picking things apart. You're like, you're just like, you're doing beats. Exactly, yeah. 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 So what you were saying about like, you know, you'll know when it's ready, that's the other part I didn't think about too, is that like, yeah, you don't got to feel, I always feel guilt and shame constantly. It's why I have anxious nightmares all the time. And like, uh, you don't want to, you know, like I'm like, oh, just push it out because I don't want to be the person that like, but now you're like, but there are some things that you will know that's ready. And yeah. I love that too. Four years could be a good time, like enough time, right? For it to kind of develop and you to develop with it and add your, your tweaks and changes, it grows with you, I guess. This is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And the cool thing too about production is like, I might have a certain folder, like of shit that's like really dope. And I'm like, this, yeah, I wouldn't really put this on my shit. Like, I don't know what I would do with it. But then one day an artist comes along and they're like, yo, play me some shit. And I'm like, fuck it, play this. Mm-hmm. And they're like, 
let's bust on this. I'm like, fuck it, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, so there's that element too. And I, yeah, I understand with certain types of work, like that's not always that like a dynamic that's applicable to every type of mm -hmm. artistic outlet. But that kind of helps too. Like, you just have shit that's really cool, and you you don't have any plans for it, but you know, some artist gets at you or they're in town and mm -hmm. you're just playing shit. And making like, stuff is meant for somebody else. Is it like yeah. you're giving it to each other where the energy exchange? Yeah. Mm. That's another thing too. So like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I used to really be pressed about trying to finish stuff and now. It's like, you seem very aware of like what it is and what it could be and what needs to happen. I'm not worried about that. I think that you're doing the right thing here. I just sound very aware of it. It takes time to yeah. It takes time to be like comfortable with stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Some people may do their whole life and not be comfortable with it. Yeah. Literally, age is nothing but a number, except for when it you know was the Leah R. Kelly thing. Age was definitely oh, a number yeah. then. But yeah. other than that, it's just your time here. You know, like it's what you learn in that amount of time. You can compress it. You can take. You can draw it out to your last breath. You know, that's just what it is. It's fine. Final, final thought. Final word here. What is the vibe? Wow. <laughs> That's, man, it's just, that is really just internal energy. It's just a reflection of whatever it is, wherever you at. Yeah, because a lot of times I'm working by myself, a lot of time I'm not. I'm working with friends and it's just like, well, if I'm in a scenario where it's it's two or three homies that we all do music. It's like, well, where do we all meet at this time? And that, it's just kind of like, I don't know, I have this whole personal theory on like social harmonics as it applies to like the people that you get along with to various capacities. I see it on a spectrum that's similar to like music theory, but like when it comes to that, it's like, if you're by yourself, it's just like wherever you at at that moment. And then that comes out in whatever it is you do. Like I was having a really cool conversation with a visual artist, like a like a paint painting artist last night. Mm -hmm. And we were kind of just talking about the parallels between sound and and uh you know uh shapes, colors and that whole side of it too. And just that that kind of came up like what is that thing that just makes you have to execute some type of art practice. And we kind of both were like, yeah, it was like, wherever you at, like internally, internally at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And then with shows too, like, you know, now you're, you're kind of creating, at least how I see it with sets, it's like you, you're like kind of creating a path of that essence for the, everyone else to like tune to. So it's like, it starts somewhere, you go here and you know, you try to take those people with you there, and then you try to take them over there. The cross-pollination. Yeah, because that's how all those tracks start. It's like, I'm not thinking about other motherfuckers. I'm making that shit for me, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> honestly, I feel like, I made that shit for me, and then now this is my opportunity when I'm presenting it live to like, okay, well, let me find where you guys and I meet in the middle point, start there, and then we'll just travel from that point so like yeah simple that's in simple terms like that's my definition of like vibe i couldn't have asked for a better answer that was lovely 
Lisa. I, I enjoyed <laughs> I enjoyed this. Um, thank you. Likewise. Good luck on your tour. Thank you. I hope you enjoy Texas. Love you. Don't like Dallas, but he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I heard a couple people say that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like I'm being wrong if you watch the movie. What is it? Harvey Harold? What is it? Anyways, he talks about it too. Okay, we're done. Thank you very much. Let's do the intro.